I remember getting on a call with members of our communications and leadership team, probably at 10 p.m. that night, and we were just talking around, what are we going to do around this? We can't be, I don't, we didn't think being too conservative was was even a worry. So we actually called it that night too. And like a lot of companies, we just said, hey, everybody work from home, do the best that you can. We'll be in constant communication. This is new for all of us. If you have questions, reach out to your manager. And we've led um, throughout this last year with maximum flexibility for our employees. Welcome to Think Beyond Space, the PDX Workplace Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Blake St. Ange, Principal for the Portland Office of Cressa, a global corporate real estate firm. From the people, the culture, and their thoughts on the future of work, we sit down with leaders from Portland's most respected companies to learn about what makes their workplaces tick. We also dive into the commercial real estate markets and workplace trends that will help shape the future of business in Portland for years to come. Subscribe at cressa.com slash Portland or wherever you find your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, I am super excited to have uh, on the podcast today uh, a dear friend of mine, actually, and um, a colleague up here in Portland um, who uh, is the Senior Director of Human Resources and People at the OHSU Foundation, uh, Emily Colligan. Emily, welcome to the show. Thanks, Blake. Great. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we're excited to, to get into the conversation. So before we go too deep. Um, just give us a little bit of history of, of who you are, uh, your background, how you became the senior director of, of HR and people at, at the OHSU Foundation, which is a, a massive organization, obviously, and maybe some di- the differences per- perhaps between the foundation and the hospital. And um, sure. yeah, we'll just start the, start the discovery there. Yeah, so I um, I started my human resources career um, actually in the financial services industry and worked my way up. Um, had some great mentors along the way, but they weren't leaving the organization anytime soon. So I decided to look elsewhere and um, the OHSU Foundation really piqued my interest because I am a third generation OHSU employee. My grandfather went to medical school um, and taught at OHSU. My mom went to nursing school and taught at OHSU. And so kind of runs in our blood, if you will. Blake and I grew up in Southern Oregon together. So um, my mom taught at the Southern Oregon campus um, of OHSU nursing school. So yeah, it kind of runs in our blood. So that when I saw this job posting, um, it was for a talent management and HR consultant role. So I thought that sounded interesting. Talent management is a passion of mine. So I jumped at the chance and luckily they liked me enough to bring me on board. And through, I've been at the foundation for about six years now, And um, the foundation is about 110 employees currently. We are completely separate from OHSU and Dornbecker, but obviously the reason we exist is to support their missions through philanthropy. So um, separate, but definitely wouldn't be around if it weren't for the hospitals. So our work is really to support them through philanthropic efforts, through family foundations, individual gifts, gift planning, all of those types of things. So we have a, a strong workforce behind us um, that, that helps us be successful. And our mission is, is really, really critical to um, Oregon and beyond. And so uh, I've been very, very lucky the people that I work with are, are phenomenal, and I've had a few different positions at the foundation. So I uh, moved up to manager, and now I'm senior director on the leadership team, and uh, we've, we've seen a lot of change at the foundation. And so um, I've been kind of caught up in that change, and, and my career has grown with that change. So it's a great place to be, and I'm, I'm very proud of the work that we do. I had no idea that, that 
your grandfather was a that went to medical school there and i didn't even know that we actually there was an ohsu campus in southern oregon yeah yeah the nursing school has um a few satellite campuses so they're all over oregon and yeah need to grow our nursing base Jeez. school has a wide reach so how did you uh so did you graduate with with communications or hr what, what was the path that took no. you to hr and why why the people oh. side of the business you know, that's such a good question. Um, I, I mean, graduated you're not, a people, with, you're not a people person at all. So, you know, no, I mean. I'm, no, <laughs> I really don't like people. I'd rather be around dogs and cats. No, actually, I really love people. Yeah. Um, I'm allergic to dogs and cats. So uh, there's that. But um, <laughs> yeah, my journey to HR is really, really interesting. So after college, I went to University of Oregon, go Ducks, um, got a degree in special education and sociology. So I had a dual degree that I wanted to go into teaching, um, especially um, on the special ed side and specialized in, got some autism credentials. Um, but then I got in halfway through my master's degree and was like, oh, this is um, so bureaucratic and so much red tape and mm. I don't know what difference I can make. So kind of had a, a kind of a little bit of a a crisis and was like, what am I going to do with my life? And I'm living up in Portland. I'm not in my hometown. And I, I met my husband at U of O. So he was a great support system, but um, kind of floundered around there for a while, worked um, remotely for a few different companies and just couldn't, had a three year gap there where I just really didn't know what I wanted to do. I actually, um, at one time, Blake, you'll remember, you might remember this. I um, wanted to be, uh, there's a called a group called the woofing willing workers on organic farms <laughs> and I wanted to go to New Zealand and work on an organic farm and find myself and figure it out and oh man I shared that with my parents it was terrible timing because I shared that with my parents the night after my dad and I watched the movie Taken oh geez where this right this girl <laughs> travels to France and she's taken human traffic and my dad's like why I don't think you're very smart to tell me this the day after that so anyway I didn't go to New Zealand. I came to Hawaii actually and, and worked on a farm. It didn't really work out because it was kind of a sham. Uh, flew home and decided, you know, that was, a, that was a very good experience and now I've got to get a job. So I applied at, at um, a local financial services firm and, and got the job. They seemed to, to like me enough and think I had the skills to, to work in HR and started at the bottom. And that kind of how, it, that's kind of how it started. It kind of landed in my lap and you know, it's, it's really worked out well. I, I really love, love that HR people and culture side of businesses. Yeah. My family had a business all growing up. So I kind of, I, I love the ins and outs to learn the ins and outs of business, but um, really focus on the people side. So yeah. it's a, uh, it's a great place to be. And it, it, it uh, capitalizes on a lot of my strengths. So yeah. So I'm glad you, I found it. I'm glad that woofing didn't work out. Well, I mean, have you have you woofung in your backyard the last 12 months and built a garden or anything? I mean, no. I think I got it out of my system. <laughs> After that Hawaii trip, it was like, yeah, okay, we're done. There's yeah, no it, more. it didn't end well. It was there was yeah. some interesting stuff going on. So well, I got out of there. Yeah, I mean, the the home gardening business in the last 12 months has gone crazy and i feel like everyone's done that and we did the same thing we built a little flower bed and we're like, oh it's gonna be great tomatoes and everything else and i mean you just sort of realize like it is a really it is so challenging and you know so much work yeah 
several of the crops die. I mean, we had just had a small thing, but like I had tons of tomatoes and then everything else just got taken over by the tomatoes. So I had, you know, cherry tomatoes for about six months and then, um, nice. everything else just died. So no, we, um, we definitely were those, uh, home improvement warriors on the weekends during mm-hmm. the pandemic and wore a couple masks to home Depot since it was so busy. And, uh, yeah, it was wild. Yeah. It was crazy there for a while with all the lines and everything, but you know, thankfully yeah. things have, smooth out a little bit. Um, so, okay. So you didn't farm the last 12 months, but what, what sort of things did, did you, I mean, obviously I would imagine March 13th, you know, last year things stopped. And so for an organization of a hundred plus people, what was in being on a leadership team, what were some of the things that you guys did at the outset to do that? And then maybe some things that you learned as a leader in the last 12 months, um, you know, throughout the whole transition period and there's more to come. So just yeah, yeah curious what, what some of the things you guys did as a team. Yeah. You know, being a part of OHSU is, is really great for our organization because we get a lot of um, we get to leverage a lot of their tools and we hear news coming out of OHSU every day. And so we knew about the pandemic. Um, Gosh, I think we sent an email to staff in early January about, hey, this is on the horizon. If you want to get an N95 mask, go up to OHSU, make an appointment, that type of thing. And um, just because of all the things that were coming out on the medical side of things. Um, But beyond that, we didn't really do anything until around March 12th, March 13th. And that day is really seared in my mind because... Um, I think we were watching the NBA, right? And uh, they called the games. And then we Mm -hmm. heard that, was it Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson got coronavirus in Australia and all these things. So I remember getting on a call with members of our communications and leadership team, probably at 10 p.m. that night. And we were just talking around, what are we going to do around this? We can't be I don't, we didn't think being too conservative was a, was even a worry. So we actually called it that night too. And like a lot of companies, we just said, Hey, everybody work from home, do the best that you can. We'll be in constant communication. This is new for all of us. If you have questions, reach out to your manager. And we've led um, throughout this last year with maximum flexibility for our employees. We also have um, acknowledged that we're an extremely we are in a extremely privileged position. 100% of our staff pivoted to working from home. Our receptionist was able to take calls from home. We have one member in the office who's just making sure that mail is getting out and mm-hmm. being received and things like that. But really we're, we're very, very lucky that the business impact was not wide, was not devastating to our right. business. Donors were extremely engaged because all of the news coming and the science coming out of hospitals and and research institutions was really, really was changing every day. And so our donors were extremely engaged. And one of the best parts of being a part of this foundation is that we see people donate everything that they can at the times when we need it the most. Right. So we, um, we're able to raise funds to stand up a bio lab at OHSU and um, make sure that we could help with testing and getting people tested and, and that type of thing. And so seeing the impact that our donors made in those first few weeks of COVID yeah. was really, really yeah. inspiring. And 
gosh, what else do we do? I mean, we, we had PCs in our office. We hadn't transitioned to laptops yet. So oh, we all were working on our, we had iPads that we give to each employee and we were all working on those. And our, our IT team did a phenomenal job of pivoting us to laptops within a few weeks, getting everybody up and running. And that was a gargantuan effort. And then on the, the employee side, again, leading with that maximum flexibility, understanding that our staff is primarily made up of women, a lot of families, and this was new for everyone. Mm -hmm. Before the pandemic, we had a small subset of employees who worked from home periodically, but we, it was not a part of our culture. Okay, yeah. And so this was a huge change for everyone. And so we really focused on having managers get to know what their employees' needs were. We sent out all the surveys that everybody yeah. else did yeah, to yeah. To, to help identify what are those employee engagement activities that, that we need to do to support our staff. So we really took the data from our staff and built some really fun, engaging opportunities and book of benefits around what they were asking for. So, so yeah, it's it's been very interesting, but I would say it's also propelled uh, the way that we work and our, our office culture forward years and years faster than, than we would have otherwise. So yeah. it's been exciting. So you guys pre-pandemic didn't really have a, a remote policy in place. I mean, maybe it did, but it wasn't miss, maybe it was yeah. robust, if you will. And just like everybody else, right? Turn of the dime, boom, you got to do that. But so in, it sounds like engagement from employees was, was still top notch throughout. Yeah, I hope. I mean, from my perspective, right? It's. Yeah. Uh, I think we've done a lot. Yeah. Um, I hope that our employees feel really, really supported. I know that everybody's been on just different journeys throughout this year. I mean, think of all that's happened outside of the office, yeah. social justice, an election, right? All yeah. that's gone on. It's yeah. just been um, sometimes hit after hit. And so we have to think of ways to make sure our employees are um, taken care of not only in the office setting and doing their work, but we've got all these other things going on that we have to give space to and, and create spaces for employees to, to connect and yeah. really process some of this stuff. So it's, it's been a, a very big change on how we engage our staff. Yeah. I mean, the, it, it's been such a heavy lift on specifically leaders in HR, people, culture, you know, diversity, inclusion. It's, it's, it, that has been, it's like, it almost feels like there's just been like this massive world just put on the shoulders of those leaders like you, right? And it's like, okay, so the first period, everyone's sort of in this sporadic change. And then I sort of felt like, you know, getting into the fall, it was like, okay, you know, who's still not sure when we're coming back. But then it was like the leaders, the first few months, it seemed like the leaders were like, okay, well, we're in this and we don't, we're not ready yet to, I'm not going to say lead, but we're not ready to take us like, you know, move the propulsion forward. And then it started in the fall is like, okay. And then you're starting to have to see these leaders like start to, you know, start to actually make some decisions on things. And then even further now, right? Like in, now into the new year, we're starting to see a little bit more of that sort of decision-making, you know, over time. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious how you guys as a leadership team, I mean, you did the surveys through staff, but how did you communicate with the staff while on the, I'll call it executive leadership team. I'm not sure what you guys call it specifically, but mm -hmm. an ELT, for example, how did you guys, you know, keep things sort of open and transparent to, to everybody while also, you know, there's, there's only so much you want to share to everybody, but at the same time, keep, you know, keep that 
ship moving forward. So some of the things that you guys did internally as an executive leadership team, and then maybe how did you guys communicate that out through, you know, through the last 12 months to the, to the staff? Yeah. Our leadership team meets weekly, pretty standard. We, we all, our leadership team is comprised of unit leaders. So I oversee human resources, facilities, and risk and compliance. We have another colleague of mine oversees all of fundraising, Another one oversees all of finance and accounting. So we're really the, the people who oversee all of these business units, right? So we're subject matter experts in our own in our own space, but we come together to make sure that the operation and, and the big decisions um, we make together, right? Yeah. And so we, we decided to have a weekly town hall call with our staff where we have an agenda. It's basically up department updates, but then is, if anything else is popping up or people have questions or need clarification on something, that's the, the vehicle that we have to have everybody um, hear something and be on the same page. We also created, I think, gosh, in around June, um, a return to work plan that didn't put any dates out there. It just had it in four different phases. It was driven by Multnomah County. And we have constantly updated that. So we're still in phase two of four um, because of the way that um, the tri-counties have operated um, with the pandemic and responded. So we've had to really hear people's questions and, and be transparent that, hey, we're, we're, we're reacting um, as soon as we hear news, uh, but you may hear something before us. And so employees are really good about asking the right questions and saying, you know, can we have donor meetings face-to-face? Because that's so much uh, of our business yeah, right. is meeting with donors face-to-face. And a lot of our donors um, are of a certain age where they really didn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then transitioning to this WebEx Zoom world was very, very foreign. And so I think it was being patient, giving grace, allowing for flexibility, and just saying we're trying our best. Yeah. And we've tried to be as transparent um, along the way as we can, that we don't have all the answers. We don't know which way this is going to go. You may hear something on the news before us. Let's come together, figure out the best um, the best policies and procedures to make sure our staff and their families are safe, and then that we can continue to do business. Yeah. If that means standing up a new technology, let's, let's figure it out yeah. so that we can reach yeah. our, our customer or our donor base. Um, so, oh, I have a little visitor. Let's Come see. Here. Let's see. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> great. This is COVID. Can you say hi to my friend, Blake? Hi, Blake. What's up? Remember talking to me a few weeks ago? This is Molly. Mm-hmm. How you yeah. doing, Curly Q? Curly Q? Look at those curls. Mm-hmm. Are, Are you good? enjoying the sun? Mm-hmm. You enjoying the sunshine? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> good to see you, Molly. Oh, uh, so Molly just came in and told me she has to go potty. So that's another thing that we've had to deal with with the pandemic, right? Is these uh-huh. these uh, these kiddos, the pets, our partners, and uh, yeah, we've tried to allow just tell staff live your life, and yeah. we will show you maximum grace. So we see a lot of kids on calls, a lot of uh, pets, partners. So it's 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 broken down a lot of uh, walls with that work life balance too. Yeah. There isn't work yeah. and life balance. It's right. just, it's just work and life. It's just, <laughs> yep. Yep. That's true. I mean, so, I think that, that, that we've definitely gotten a window into people's, you know, humanity. There's no question about that. I think that, you know, one of the things that you said is, is 
you know, you're giving people an opportunity if they hear news or whatever to, there's an avenue of trust between leadership and with the employees that, that, um, you know, it's not as if my, my assumption would be as long as if they send something and you go, Oh yeah, we've heard that, you know, we'll get to it. It's like, Oh, great. You know, letting them know that they're heard, letting them know that, that, that there is an avenue to share. Um, and that it's, that it's a collaborative environment. You know, I think that's, yeah. that's, I think too, people during the last 12 months have, have, have looked at leadership just, you know, it's almost like to a certain degree, like a, a child with a parent, right? Like, okay, what do I, like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, how can we, and so it's, in, it, that, I mean, as a father of three, right? Like that, you sort of know that dynamic and, and it goes both ways. Like you have to, I mean, we've realized too, like if you've talked to a certain way to a child and they're not responding, you sort of talk differently. And the same thing goes for, you know, executive leadership, goes for employees, goes for colleagues, goes for partners. Like there's a communication path that, that I think has, has sort of opened up the door you know, in the last year. And hopefully, you know, some of those things that we will, you know, carry forward for the rest of our yeah. you know, working and personal lives too. Yeah. I, I think you've hit the nail on the head. There is that whether you're a leader or just a, a people manager, you've really had to differentiate your style, right? Because mm -hmm. before we were all in the office, you could drop by depending on what your man, the management style drove the interaction between employee and manager. But now, if you're a good manager, you have to differentiate your style to the employee's needs, right? Yeah. I, have an, I have an employee who's a working mom. She's home alone with two kids, an infant and a four-year-old. Then I have a colleague who doesn't have kids, but her partner's working from home. Mm -hmm. Then I have a, another direct report who um, has two high school-age children working, doing school from home. And so all of their needs are really different. So I think it's really, really important to not just be a manager that says, this is my style, work within my style. Right. But I have right. gone, what are your needs? What, is, what meeting times work best for you? Um, if you need to have camera off, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really adjusting your style to what your employees' needs are, especially in this remote environment. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned right when this happened, it's, you guys have desktops. I mean, that's like from the 1980s. Yeah. So yeah. uh, as you got, I mean, so then you transitioned to iPads and then laptops. So my guess is everyone has a laptop now uh, or some version yep. of that. So yep. as you guys look to the future, like what is next? I mean, you've, you have you said you sort of let, you know, you're, you're leading through flexibility. Um, what's you know, what's your, your space, what's your, your culture sort of look like moving forward? Is that different from what it is now? We've obviously, there's, you know, a billion articles out there of hybrid model and non-hybrid model and back to the office and everything else, you know, every which way to Sunday and every company's different. So for the foundation, what does that look like for, mm -hmm. for you? And you talk about how culture is a big part of that. Is it challenging to keep that culture remotely? And what are you guys looking at for the next iteration of, 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 you know, who you guys are past, you know, and, and post pandemic. Yeah. Um, well, we also found ourselves in, in the middle of, uh, some lease negotiations at the beginning of the pandemic. So our lease, um, for the building we've been in for about 20 years now, uh, is up this coming September. So we, we've gone a few did down a few different roads. Um, at the beginning, it was like, our, we're just going to renew our lease and update our space with tenant improvement. Um, but as we got deeper and deeper into the pandemic and we saw the success that our staff was having and heard from them that 
they're really enjoying this, this flexibility and the ability to work from home and not commute to downtown because we work downtown, right? And there's people coming from Vancouver, or even North Plains. So the people are coming from all over uh, the metro area to our office. And the, the freedom to not have to commute has been a huge plus for a lot of our staff. And so the leadership team at one point kind of paused our lease negotiation and said, are we doing this? Are we doing the right thing? We're getting all this great feedback. We're better positioned this year in our fundraising than we were a year ago. So we're, we're actually doing better than we were in the office. So there's something to that. And it would be a shame to not acknowledge that and, and think of our different and, and make sure that our business is, is, and our culture is adjusting accordingly. So we started all over. We, we, we let our current building know, hey, we're looking at other options. And we went and looked at a few different options with our broker. And we actually just signed and executed the lease this last week on a new building. Congratulations. Now, in that new building, we currently have three floors. Um, and what's interesting about our organization is on those three floors, there's a different culture, a different DNA uh, for each group that lives on or that lives pretty much yeah. uh, that works yeah. on each floor. And we've, I've seen it since I've been at the foundation. It's been a real problem that we can't break this, the habits or the, the DNA that exists in each department. And it really is because of they're separated by floors. And so um, in the new space, we were really, one of our priorities was getting the entire foundation on one floor so we could eliminate that cultural change um, as you went up to different floors. Now, yeah, each department has a different set of personalities, right? We're always going to have that and that's great. But we really wanted to be a more cohesive group. And um, like, I remember people saying, gosh, if you go up to the second floor, that's the popular kids. Or you go up to the third floor that's where the money is, you know? And um, so it really was a part of our culture. And so that was one of our our big milestones is to make sure our our, our driving factors um, in in, uh, obtaining a new space was all being on one floor. So we um, found a space that accommodated that. And um, we are, gosh, we've cut our footprint by a third. So we're not occupying as much space as we used to. Mm -hmm. Um, We're all able to be on one floor and we're going to allow our staff to continue, to based on job and um, agreement with manager, of course, continue this flexible hybrid model. Some of our staff, we've, we've surveyed them. We're working with the McKenzie Group, as you know, Blake. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, they've done yeah. a great job of meeting with, with all of our managers, all people managers to say, what are the needs for your team? Can they work remote? You know, we've really gone through that design process. And so we, we know what, what employees want to do. We know what their, their managers want to do. And we were able to design a space that, that supports that. So it's going to be a huge, huge shift culturally for our office. We, we used to be a cube and office, mm-hmm. uh, hard wall office uh, set up. And now we're going to have hard wall offices for some, but they're going to rotate right yeah. in and out, depending on who's in the office. We're going to have hoteling space, drop-in space and some cubes. So we're really changing the way that we work together. Um, and and so it's, it's my job now to make sure that we're communicating this well yeah. with staff so they yeah, know right. what's what's coming and yeah. it doesn't anytime we, we see change it, it it can throw people. I want to be really mindful of that. So 
Um, anyway, COVID's taught us a lot. We've changed yeah. our, our whole business model and, and um, are changing the way that we work and, and the culture around that. So it's a, it's been a really good lesson. Um, I think, like I said earlier, it's really propelled us forward to be more progressive and modern um, faster than I could have ever imagined, which right. is a good thing, yeah, especially think, yeah. from an HR perspective with retention and recruitment. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, too, the ability to, to, to sort of stop and pivot on a dime, like, you, like everybody had to do. And now it's like, you know, the, the whole working from anywhere strategy or policies, I mean, it'd take years for people to implement these things. And then, you know, overnight they sort of did that. And I think that, you know, anything, any change like that, now there's at least a confidence right from leadership and from from internal team members and employees there's a confidence that we can do it again right it's like anytime you 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 go from job to you know or a career or career job job whatever the case is is it's just that that i think that initial fear of taking that leap and saying okay i'm going into a little bit of uncharted territories but now once you've done that you now have the confidence in the, the 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 confidence via the experience to know that okay we can do this again and so making I mean obviously the the office itself is going to be a different function um, to a certain degree I mean it's going to be sort of it sounds like a, a culture hub where the policies that you guys are putting in place people can come to the office but there's also have that full flexibility to sort of do what they need but knowing that having a central physical space. Um, to bring people together or to maybe have donors come in, you know, once all this lifts, if you will, um, you know, a good opportunity to, to, to do that. That's yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And I go back to that differentiation, right? Every employee needs something different. And I felt in the butts and seats culture, if you will, kind of like a square peg in a round hole, because mm. I, I, I don't live in Portland. I have a relatively longer commute. Um, and I have a family that I adore and is my first priority. And so I remember just getting in, getting work done, and then white knuckling it to yeah. my daughter's yeah. school to pick her up. And then doing the rigmarole of, as you well know, times three, <laughs> bath time, yeah. dinner time. And the, the, the majority of our staff are, are parents and families and um, everybody has a different need. And so some people are going to want to be in the office 100% of the time great, we have a space for you. Some people are going to want that hybrid model. Great, we have a space for you and we right. support you and we have the tools to support you in that. And then employees, some employees are going to want to work from home and their their work supports that um, 100% of the time. Great, we support you too. So I think yeah, it's yeah. just, it's a really nice move to support our employees in a way that we haven't been able to before. Right. And so um, what have you learned you personally, Emily, as a, as a person, as a partner, as a, as a spouse, as a mom, mm -hmm. as a leader, what are some of the things that, that, you know, you've learned, uh, personally, and then what are some, what, what are some, some ways, uh, that you go to, to relax and get away from all the heaviness that has been, you know, what you've been sort of under the last, yeah. the last year. Yeah, I actually just read uh, your article on LinkedIn, Blake. Oh, um, oh boy. Very well done. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so what's been really cool is my for our circumstance, uh, our family, my husband is also working from home 100% of the time. So he's got the dining room set up with a fold-out table at his desk, and he's in finance, so he has all these monitors. And um, at the beginning, I was also working in there, and we set up a little table for Molly to do some schoolwork and stuff. So the three of us were working together. We quickly learned that with WebEx and Zoom calls, that, that didn't really work out. So 
I have been relegated to the, the guest room upstairs and have a little desk set up there. And it's actually nice to close the door because uh, yeah. I get a little yeah. intruder uh, uh-huh. quite often. So it's been really cool for my husband and I because we're seeing what each other does all day long, right? We're hearing each other's conversations. We're learning about each other's role. And I mean, finance and HR, they're very different skill sets. Um, my husband's extremely analytical and I've just like, not that I didn't have respect for him before, but I've just gained so much respect for his brain. And he's yeah. just, I mean, he's so good at what he does. And he said the same thing of me. He's like, wow, I could never have those kinds of conversations or, yeah. um, so we've gained a new kind of respect and understanding for each other. And, you know, uh, before COVID there were times where I'd have to work late for whatever reason, or he'd have to work late and it'd be like, oh gosh, like it's, it's a burden. Right. Yeah, and so right, now right. we have that, we have that res- greater amount of respect for each other where we know, okay, I bet he's working on this. So we, we just yeah. know the day to day and um, the kind of flow of the work that each other has. Yeah. Um, so that's been a really cool outcome. As a mom, gosh, Molly's been home with us. We made the decision not to put her back in her school uh, for family reasons. We have family yeah. members that are high risk. We want to still see them. And so we've been juggling this work and parent thing. And we only have, we have her. So we're lucky in that we're not, and she's not in school yet. So we're not having to juggle the school schedule and the Zoom meetings and all of that. But we just really try to be present and we've ha- it's forced us to take breaks yeah. in the day and work in the evenings and just shift our schedules around. and. We had my husband and I had this conversation the other day that this was like last summer was the like a summer when we were kids. Like we were able to go outside and play because Molly needed to be outside. Or we were riding bikes or doing chalk. So it was the first time since we were kids that I felt like we had an actual summer. Yeah. Um another big positive for us is that we've gotten to know our community better. Neighbors are out, we're talking, we're social distancing maybe having a few drinks in the evenings, you know, and so it's brought our community closer together. And that's been really nice on the personal side. As a leader, I've always tried, I think it comes from that teaching background is that changing my style to accommodate my employees and seeing what their needs are and trying to fit their needs. Um, So that's been even maximized tenfold because of the pandemic. Everybody's needs shift a little bit when we're all working from home. I've learned as a leader that communication is so important in transparency and we can't break down every decision that leadership makes, but we need to always share the why. We surveyed our employees uh, about a potential office relocation and some of their feedback was really very, very interesting. And so fast forward after they give the feedback fast forward a a few months and we make the announcement that we are moving and the reason the driving reason was so that we could all be on one floor Mm. and they were like it was we got feedback that was so nice to hear the reason you made that decision right that you took our feedback but then the real drive was this to create a better culture yeah and so i think it's being transparent it's leading with empathy and grace and not I mean, being approachable. I don't know it all. Our employees probably have way better ideas than I do half the time. So it's just creating a collaborative space, not this hierarchy of you need to talk to your manager first before you talk to leadership. We want to be really approachable, have that open door policy. 
we're all working on this together. So it's brought the whole organization closer together because um, we're all trying to get through this and support one another. Right. That perspective of the, the personal perspective of, of mutual respect, I think is really, is really good. I think that's, and I, I don't think I've, I've thought about it in those, in those ways, but it, it truly is. I mean, um, there's been some really challenging, like, you know, work from home, you know, has, has, I think illuminated some really challenging, you know, home situations that might be out there. And it's also highlighted some, you know, positive things too. And I think, you know, getting to see what, you know, the other person sort of does day to day and, and, and um, the pressures that they're feeling, right. And they're under and to have sort of a teammate, you know, in, again, in a good home situation, right. A, a teammate to sort of yeah. bond with, right. In a, in a different element that you otherwise wouldn't have done, or probably, you know, I don't think we would have even picked up our head to even think about it had it not been something that was an external force that made us do that. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, if you had a uh, opportunity to have a coffee or cocktail with anyone in history, mm. uh, past or living, who, who might that be? And, and full transparency, Blake shared this question with me beforehand. And, <laughs> you know, I woke up thinking about it. I've thought about it a lot. And I was trying to think of people who inspire me. My daughter's really into space right now. So Sally ride came to mind, uh. but you know, with social media and YouTube, I feel like we're so inundated with, with people that are famous and, and interviews and we can get those little tidbits and kind of know what questions we'd ask those people. But because of COVID, you know, what kept coming to my mind is I just love to sit down with my parents, mm -hmm. both sets of grandparents. My grandfathers have passed away uh, when I was relatively young and I just would love to know, like, just have a conversation with them of like, what made your marriages successful? What made your businesses wow. successful? You know, and just have those kinds of conversations with the people in my life who are closest to me. And how have you been getting through this, grandma? Like, yeah. my grandma had um, a health scare and a stroke in the middle of all of this. And just, it was a very different experience seeing someone in the hospital during this. And luckily, again, we're extremely privileged that no one in our family has gotten sick, but that was a, something to overcome. And luckily we're extremely fortunate that she made almost a full recovery. Wow. Um, but just sitting down with the people who are closest to me, who I really admire the most, how did you like live through these wars and the draft and just yeah. history is really important to me. And um, my family's history, I'm extremely proud of. Um, yeah. They're all self-made Yeah, and um I, I would love to pick their brains and especially my grandfathers. Um, they were prominent, prominent people in, in our little community of Southern Oregon. And I would just love to, to have a little whiskey with them and, uh -huh. and pick their brain. So no one famous, but they're famous in my life. Um, and especially we haven't been able to see our families as much during this time. So I yeah. just love some quality time with them what a without a mask. Answer. I mean, that is a real and awesome answer. I, oh, I think thanks. That, yeah. I couldn't yeah. think of like, no, I mean, I think to your point, right? Like, like, honestly, we have sort of access, if you will, to, to sort of anybody with social media yeah. and everything else. And, you know, I think there's, there's certainly, I don't know, there's, there's the, you just, you, you do, we have access to anything and you can listen to anybody talk and you can, you know, you can, you know, pay 30 grand to have someone come and do a keynote speak or do a zoom speak and, or whatever. And, 
I think, I, I don't know, I think it just goes back to the, the humanness over the last year that I think we've all sort of thought through too, you know, not everybody, but, you know, to, to be thoughtful about, I don't know, I mean, the people that have shaped you, right? Good or yeah. bad, right? There's some people that, you, you know, you might want to talk to and you go, okay, well, for what reason did this happen or that happen, right? Like there's just, there, there's a good, I just think that's a really real answer, M. And I mean, mm. I think that that's, I think it's really important. I think, you know, and I think, you know, family, obviously for you, for me, and for, you know, many people is a, and friendships are just, are, are, are truly meaningful. And I think it's maybe taken the last year to help people realize, wow, like I don't necessarily live in an area where I've got a strong community around me. Oh, well, yeah. maybe that causes me to move somewhere or, you know, maybe I haven't gotten as close to a family member that may be distant in the past. Oh, maybe that's an opportunity for me to do something with that. I mean, there's just, there's just so many life lessons I think that we've learned. And, and I really appreciate you sharing that, that answer. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's awesome. Well, and for us, you know, people living in the big city that are, aren't from here. I mean, we're kind of fish out of water and it definitely feels that way sometimes. And so we're lucky, Blake, that we have this, this core group of friends that, you know, understand is at a different level. And I think mm-hmm. you're right about the friendships is making time and space for those um, because those are the people that, that support us in the long run and um, are going to be there when we fall down. And they're our community now, right? The people we've brought along with us, yeah. whether that's from yeah. Medford or who, wherever. Right. So um, right. not only the family, but the friend, the friend yeah. piece we've, yeah. we, we've quarantined with some of our best friends and it's been such a good outlet oh. for Brian, my husband, my yeah. daughter yeah. with their kids. And it's just been so nice to have that, but you, your world gets small yep. um, yeah. when you have to quarantine and, and we've been extremely lucky. So yeah. the priorities um, are, are in front of us and uh, we've had to really prioritize those relationships. So it's yeah. been, it's been a good lesson. Well, uh, so for those who may not have heard of OHSU, the foundation, which I'd be surprised if they hadn't, but where can they find more information about the foundation um, and the great work that you guys are doing? Yeah. So just um, Googling OHSU foundation. Um, we recently combined two foundations into one. There used to be a separate Dornbecker foundation that was also um, within our building. So the OHSU foundation, we're in the middle of um creating a new website. So that should be done in the next few months here. Um, but the we just completed a campaign, um, a capital campaign where we raised $2 billion for OHSU and Dornbecker over the space of seven is years. That a, is that a B? Billion? That's a B. That's a billion, $2 wow. billion. That's yes. Incredible. Within that time frame, we were given the opportunity to uh, by Phil Knight to do the Knight Cancer Challenge. And he said, hey, if you raise... 500 million, I will match it uh, in a two-year period. So we did have his support on that. Um, But yeah, it was a huge, huge campaign. One of the largest campaigns, uh, matching campaigns ever, ever done uh, anywhere. So yeah, the foundations, it was small uh, in in relation to our employee base, but we pack a punch and I work with some of the most brilliant people that I've ever met. And so um, it's, a, it's a wonderful place. Uh, we make a big impact. All of that, a lot of that capital buildings going on uh, down at the waterfront mm-hmm. in Portland um, has a lot to do. Uh, philanthropy funds a lot of that. So a lot of great stuff going on. Uh, our current website is onwardohsu.com, I think. Um, but Onward was our campaign name. 
you can see all great, great stories from patients and, and the impact that we've made. So if you just Google OHSU Foundation, you'll, you'll find all of that. Awesome. As always, it's such a pleasure. I really wish I was in yeah. Hawaii, you know, too. Oh, yeah. Soaking up the sun. I hope you're not having to work. I mean, I'm sure you're, of course, you're working remotely, but, you know, maybe a long weekend every now and again in Hawaii might not be a bad thing. Yeah. Yes. We are definitely taking advantage of that. I think you asked me and I didn't answer how we've, we've relaxed during this time. And that's one thing we've just decided to do, put on some hazmat suits and, and masks <laughs> and come to Hawaii for a little bit. So we're extremely lucky to do that. And yeah. um, it's been, it's been wonderful. Yeah. Well, go catch some sun. I, you know, thanks All right. for joining us in the morning and uh, oh. yeah, enjoy the time. All right, Blake. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so Take much care. for being on. And saying yes. Of course. Yeah, of right. course. Tell Brian I say what's up. All right. Okay. Well. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Think Beyond Space, the PDX Workplace Insider Podcast. To follow along and get additional insights from each episode, visit cressa.com slash Portland. Please also take a minute to rate and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.